do I do this? There's like a feather, and it's slowly drifting down to the desert water. Lands on a rock in the distance. You see how it's like right in front of my face? Yeah, yeah, it's catching you. my voice as I'm talking. How's this? Into it. How's this? Yeah, yeah. That's better because what you were doing before is talking up here yeah. and then your voice is echoing off the walls. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. So the, now you sound really good. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. My voice is now I'm a now I'm a professional podcaster. Ooh. Yeah, we gotta keep in sync. Yes. <laughs> it's not it's just a marker so okay, that I can yeah, see yeah, what yeah. I'm doing. I get you, I get yeah. you. All right. Welcome to the Forest Creek Podcast. Uh, the theme for today's episode is this is the first actual real episode. Um, we've just built a studio here. Uh, I built the studio. <laughs> I sunk all the money into it. We're almost done. It's these foam pads are always a lot harder to set up than they look. Because you've set up foam pads so many times in your life. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall doing it before, but doing it here and now is tough, difficult, especially when you go for the cheap ones that don't come with any adhesive. <laughs> I wonder if any of them come with adhesive. I wouldn't think so. No, I, I never seen... thought that until you said it, until you said it. My thought was that I'm going to get a bunch of foam panels and I'm going to have this big white sticker or something. I'll pull it off mm. the back and it'll just stick right to the wall. <laughs> and that wasn't the case at all. Very wrong. We practically had to hand wash them before we did all this. Yeah, that that's what surprised me. I was like, that makes sense though. They came so flat. I was like, is this is this jumbled mess? Right. The single pad and you just bought two of them, but it was two packs of 6. Yes. Like, yo. Right. Now we've successfully got a dual foam set up. Yeah, building <laughs> a podcast studio is a little bit more complicated than it seems, you know, because you get a lot of that advice, especially for early people who say set up your snowball microphone mm. and just plug it in with a USB. And you know what? That works. It does do fine. You can use your phone microphone. Uh, recently, I found a Tula microphone I like a, a lot. It's mm. like a USB little microphone that you can just stick anywhere. You can change the sensitivity on it and it'll... It's very good for travel, and I probably will use it, you know, when we do a camping trip or something. But having a setup where you're plugged in, you got the headphones on, I can hear you, and you can hear me, yep. and we're all very in sync into this conversation. Yeah. And we can both hear ourselves, which is huge. Huge. Like, it's so funny. I, I was telling you earlier, I got this Logitech headset years ago, so long ago, and it had that feature built in. That I could hear myself in my headphones through its built-in mic. Right. It was so awesome. It helped me regulate my level. I didn't even think about it. And as soon as I switched headphones, like a year or two later or something, I got, uh, so to speak, nicer ones. They were sweet gaming headphones, but they didn't have that feature. Right. And this is in high school, and I noticed a lot more my dad going, hey, shut up. Pipe, it, pipe down. <laughs> like, cool it. You're getting really so loud. Because I'm super loud anyways. And it's like, especially if I had my, uh, if I had my window open, pretty much the whole neighborhood could hear me because I'm such a, because I scream so often. Yeah. We were talking about that right before we started where yeah. you were talking about how you have a bit of a theater background. And so you constantly project your voice. I love, it's so funny saying it's like, oh, I've got a theater background. That sounds so. Art it's. Yeah. It sounds artistic and pretentious, but it's like. It's kind of true. Yeah. It, it kind of is true. More than, yeah. Like I never really thought about it, but it's like. I mean, in, I haven't been in theater in like seven years, and yeah. I still say I have a theater background. Yeah, because I spent a lot of time in high school on the stage. Yeah, on it's the like screen. I was all in. We had drama class, and I was in that whenever I could be. And yeah, it's like always got a role. There was one time where I was like didn't get a speaking role, but I didn't want one at that time. But uh, <laughs> you know, we were walking cheese. around the Save On Foods earlier, and I was like, "Man, does the whole grocery store need to hear this story that you're telling me?" <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't say it to you because I was like, "Well, it's we've been friends for too long. Yeah, I should just accept this fact." That... <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, because I get that a lot. 
<laughs> when people tell you, why are you talking so loud? Especially from Chance, because he's so self self-conscious and like yeah. aware of and how we're affecting the people around him. He's a quiet guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. And so when I'm like screaming about whatever, he'll be like, hey... <laughs> like, yeah. every, like it's so rare but when it happens I'm like, oh that means i'm really loud today <laughs> do you get embarrassed by it no i don't at all no it's it's funny because it's like i'm like everyone i care a lot about what people think right and i think what is it it's like i care about how i affect people it's like i care the situation people are in mm-hmm. and like what i'm putting them in but when it's just are random strangers and I, when I'm yeah man I totally feel You're it an but, <laughs> but um when we're just walking around and we're surrounded by strangers right I it's like it's to me it's like those strangers may as well not exist I don't even comp like that's hilarious not that's cognitively the, in my head that's the opposite of what you just said yeah exactly right which is the weirdest thing I don't know it's like it's just when it when we're just walking around and I in conversation with someone I literally tune out the fact that there are people around me and they can hear what I'm saying. If you want to forward Jared some mental health advice, (laughs) you can do so at The Forest Creek on Twitter and Instagram. Anyway, uh, like I was saying, this is our first official podcast episode. Yeah, all the other ones are like episode 0.2. I call them practice episodes because it would be like I got a new microphone set up or... It was just the thing we wanted to test out how it's yeah. gonna feel like sitting oh, down to dude, all those all those recordings when you got that red Tascam mic, I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We just had that popped in the uh, cup holder. Yeah. <laughs> We're driving, driving around at night. Oh, that was so fun. Yeah, one of the fun things I discovered back then that like it took me a while to actually figure out was electromagnetism and electromagnetic waves that cancel each other out and oh. make things sound really fuzzy, <laughs> especially if you have your Is phone. Is that why all those it. episodes are destroyed? No, or never not destroyed or it's like the file is there and mm-hmm. if you listen to it you can hear us talking but you can also hear a lot of uh... yeah if you want to hear something really embarrassing one time i was uh for a bcit assignment mm-hmm. i interviewed an artist who had just put out her ep and oh yeah she was lovely she the, the artist was awesome and then i listened to it afterwards and it was ruined oh it was ruined because we did the f- interview over the phone and I had my task cam that I just pointed at the phone. And Shoot. I did not know about the electromagnetic waves. Yes. First episode, brand new setup, new energy, new studio. It's a new day. Oh, my God. I feel good about this. Do these? What? These phones on the table? No, but that yeah. Zoom thing that we're all plugged into. Yeah. If you put your phone next to that, we're going to have yeah, some problems. Yeah. Okay. At this distance, we're okay. Okay, sweet, sweet. Especially now because you can hear it when something's going on. Yeah, that may, dang, dude, headset, headset's the way to go. Joe Rogan is very right about this, <laughs> where if you are going to do a podcast, you want people to be plugged into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Unless right? you're Tim Dillon, in which case you can just scream. Well, no, even he does put on headphones. Does he have headphones? Yeah. Oh. Not every time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not even Joe Rogan does it every time. I'm sure there will really? be times where we decide to go no headphones. Whoa. Especially if we get Kyle in here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's, it's, I'm glad to have this new setup. Mm. Everything's going to be a lot cleaner. So worth it. Uh, once we get the foam pads up on the walls, we can guarantee a little bit more audio quality. But for now, I think, you know, not too bad. It's sounding solid, man. We're doing a lot better than we used to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here, here's a question. You mentioned Kyle. Is Kyle louder than me? Kyle is louder than you at intervals. Hmm. You are consistently loud. <laughs> right? Like, you talking at your regular voice are louder than all of us. Yeah. But Kyle, when he gets amped up about something, his volume gets yeah. up there. <laughs> Me, I talk so often and so much mm. and sometimes so passionately about stuff that by the time I actually sit down to record anything, I sound like this <laughs> with a tired voice and then it gets to this kind of croaky kind of deal. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... Maybe I just need to take better care of my voice I'm and some stuff. There. Drink some more lemon. I've, I want to... <laughs> it's all about the lemon water. But uh, it's like, one thing I would like to learn is metal screaming. And partially because it's like, oh, it'd be cool to make that kind of music. But at the same right. time, it's also a way... Like, there's some, there's got to be some technique to not ruin your voice. Because the band In Flames, they started with like super high-pitched screaming. And it was yeah. all constantly screaming. And they moved into lower pitch. It was still constantly screaming. 
but around 06, or maybe it's their sixth album, whichever one, they introduced more singing going on. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, the there's only one vocalist who's the screaming and the singing. And his latest stuff, I, I think last time I listened to an album was like 2015 or 16 or something. But... Like, it's 50-50 in each song, screaming and singing. And this guy's right. voice is beautiful. It's amazing. And he's been screaming for, like, 30 years. Like, how... What is the technique that you can get that scream? And you can, like, so guttural and so incredible. But then your voice is beautiful and smooth. What the heck? I mean, I can't really do the metal scream. But no, I, I, like, can't I like doing that. You know, it's, it's <laughs> like when I'm right up to my... I know how to make my throat sound like that, yeah. is all. Yeah. Um, anyway, so back to... This is the first official episode of the Forest Creek Podcast. I get asked the question all the time, what is your podcast about? Mm. And I feel bad because we've only talked about politics. Yeah. Or at least mostly politics so far. It's 90% politics. Yeah. yeah. Which is not my intent. I actually don't like talking that much about politics I don't believe nowadays. you at all. Yeah, that's fair enough. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, there was a... In, originally, way back... Um, I'm carpooling with a buddy to UFE or just driving on my own. That's like a 30-kilometer drive from where we live. And that's time every day in the car to listen to music, to listen to podcasts. And podcasts became a very big thing for me back then, especially because I wasn't hanging out with a lot of people. So whenever I'm just in and out my regular day, I like having these voices in the background, right? Mm-hmm. One of the most awesome things about podcasts is getting to be in the room in a conversation that you would normally never have access to. So having that... It was just such a cool and interesting thing that I had it in my head. I want to be the guy in the room mm. doing the podcast at one point. I didn't know how I was going to get there. I didn't know what it was going to be about. But the more and more I started listening to podcasts, and this was around 2016 with that big election going on. Mm. And naturally, the culture inflames in such a way back then that everything around me was about politics. And so the podcasts themselves were about politics. Mm. But politics itself is rooted in more than just who are you voting for. It's your culture, it's your entertainment, it is your philosophy, it's the history, right? So I guess in a wider sense, that's what I wanted the Forest Creek podcast to be about. I wanted it to be a variety show. But really, the heart and soul of everything I want to do is entertainment. Mm -hmm. I just want to make people have a good time, right? Whether you learn something or not on the way, whether you are using it as a headspace to figure things out in, um, that was the intent behind all of it. Sorry. I have this weird thing sometimes where I'm just not breathing as I'm talking. <laughs> yeah, man, you gotta take breaks. Go. Okay, now I'm gonna continue. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the, my favorite things about the Jocko Willink podcast. Yeah. When it just like every single one of them begins with. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Good evening, Echo. <laughs> or something like that, right? Um, but yeah, I mean. So what is this podcast about? It is a variety show where we would like to talk about entertainment and culture and occasionally dive into philosophy, science. Today, I feel like we're going to focus a little bit more on business. The hustle. Business, the hustle, the side <laughs> hustle, the how to build yourself up. Not as if as though we're experts, but just in terms of considering these ideas, mm-hmm. right? Because you and I have been a bit on this bend recently where we're listening to all these motivational people. We're le- reading these books. Yeah, we're yeah. like considering these ideas. We're those idiots. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're those. And the, f- totally failing to apply them in our own lives. <laughs> Dude, too true. Yeah. It's hitting me with bullets. Um, so recently, you've been interested in stoicism. Yes. What Short is stoicism? Form, yes. I What's don't really stoicism? know. <laughs> <laughs> um, stoicism, the, the biggest thing... I think it's like summarized. It's the idea that it's like. I would say that it's very characterized by people taking themselves very seriously. (laughs) That's true. That's true. It's more. It's more so this idea that it's like nothing outside of you affects you. That it's like you can decide how you feel about things, and it's like. Musashi had a quote that said, seek nothing outside of yourself, Mm -hmm. right? In the sense that your own happiness, your own sense of fulfillment, your own moral gratification is going to come from you and your own actions. Yeah. It's not going to come from uh, the opinions of others. And Mm -hmm. a big part of stoicism that I always notice and that I quite like is that it's very independent and very Mm self-reliant in that sense. Because the whole thing, it's like, one thing I saw recently is the idea that let's say something in your life pops up and it's upsetting. Right. You can choose not to be upset. 
And it's the only thing, really it's focusing on the only thing you can't control, which is the, what you do. You, can't, you can control, you can choose not to be upset in that situation when something upsets you. Or in the sense that it's like taking ownership over your own thoughts yeah. and feelings yeah. in that sense. Because obviously, you know, a tragedy happens. You might be affected by it in ways that you can't really control. Yeah, I think there's a difference between stoicism and being emotionless. It's not about being emotionless. And like Alan Watts talks about gurus at some point. And he's right. like, he went up to, he has a story about how he said he went up to uh, like some temple or something. He said all the gurus there were just like children. It's like they were all angry at things. <laughs> they would have tantrums. Right. <laughs> it's like they had. They, it's like they would cry. They had the. They had the full range of emotion of all of this, like philosophy and stoicism and everything. It's not to be emotionless. It's more so as I'd say to be in control of your emotions. Right. Instead of here's the the buzzwords I guess I've been hearing recently about it. Instead of reacting to things, respond to things. And I've been thinking about that because let's say it's like last night I did three hours of overtime. And part of that is because I messed up some settings or renders were taking too long or the computers were freezing or I hit the wrong button and the computer started freezing. Mm-hmm. In those moments, what I did last night was freak out and scream because I was annoyed. But then I also looked at, the, I examined what I was thinking. It's like I looked at that, my reaction immediately and was like, I didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to swear right there. I didn't have to yell right there. It, it was when I examined it, I'm like, in that split second when that thing happened and I had that reaction, I had a feeling where it's like, I should have this reaction to this event. And so it's like, I look at that and I'm like, okay. So I actually chose to react like that. Even though it was such an immediate response, it was a reaction. That was a thing I've built up. Right. But I can actually train myself to catch myself in those times. And I've done that before. Where it's like, you take I don't a moment. have to scream right now. Right. Yeah. You can instead think about it a little bit practically. Okay, now what will we do? Yeah. I, um, will, I will preface just for people, I, was, I work alone during those times. <laughs> you're not just... I'm not just screaming in the middle of a room with a bunch of people in it that are trying to work. Right. Um, in, in a way, what you're kind of talking about is know thyself. Right, because this is more than just emotions. When we talk about stoicism, mm-hmm. and I'm not a stoic by any sense of the word, Me actually. Um, but it's the know thyself part. It's more than just emotions. It's more than your reactions to things that happen around you. It's an understanding of what are your own desires, mm-hmm. and then what are your paths towards accompli- What are your paths towards accomplishing your goals? Um, what is in your way? Um, what strengths do you have? You know, it's. Mm-hmm very much focused on that so that you can try to build yourself a better life Yeah. while also understanding, you know, it's not always going to be happy all the time, Yeah. but you can choose to be satisfied and content That's, with I it. I think a big thing is that it's like the in regards to happiness, it's not, it's happiness and having all these range of emotions and reactions, a big part of stoicism is not having the world and your day to day stuff influence your, the way your day is going, the way you're feeling. Because it's like, oh, so so often people have a bad day because of something that happened. So That's I, completely outside of their control. Hmm? So I was just going to say, I googled the definition here for people's interests. A person who can endure pain or hardship is a stoic without hmm. showing their feelings or complaining. Yeah, see these ways that are characterized. A member of the ancient philosophical school of stoicism, another term for stoical, uh, let's see, Right, so let's look at That's stoicism. interesting, the definition, without showing their feelings. I think... Like I said, it's very characterized by people who take themselves very seriously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think that definition might be a little bit wrong, that people that don't show their feelings. An ancient Greek school of philosophy founded at Athens by Zeno of Citium, mm. the school that taught virtue, the highest good, is based on knowledge. And the wise live in harmony with the divine reason, also identified with fate and providence that governs nature and are indifferent to the vicissitudes, my my bad, of fortune and to pleasure and pain. So vicissitudes is a big way of saying vices. I was wondering what that meant. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So it's people who choose to try to pursue higher things Mm -hmm. rather than settling for vices. It is the polar opposite to hedonism yes stoicism is the complete opposite to hedonism i like that because it's like with hedonism you're finding joy and pleasure 
in all the outside things in life, outside of yourself. Whereas Stoicism, you're finding all of that inside yourself. Right. And we had a conversation about it one time that you had been forwarding me like quotes and stuff like that. And I was trying to tell you my one critique of Stoicism is that I don't think it affords you enough space to step back and examine what you're doing, right? As much as it preaches that, what happens is that it gets down to that point of endurance and persistence and just trying to maintain a Stoic control of your life mm. that you need to be able to take a step back from even that and it look at your overall strategy mm. and what you're doing, right? Because a lot of times uh, when faced with hardship, the Stoics try to endure and persist. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't always afford you, like I said, that space to step back and say, am I enduring and persisting in the right way, in the yeah. right thing? Yeah. You know, and then I gave you that kind of, I pretended to be Jocko for a moment, and I told you, <laughs> the machine gun isn't less deadly because you are more brave. Yeah, you freaking got me with that. I totally thought that was from him. <laughs> yeah, definitely <laughs> gaslit you. I, he might have said that. He might have said something to that effect before. No, nah, it's, it's a rap original. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but um, with Stoicism, all, all this philosophy stuff, in regards to actually bringing it into your life. I've been thinking about this a lot, mainly in art, because that was the first way that I really got this idea. When you're gaining a skill, I think the first thing you need to do is like explore it in whatever way it happens. And then at some point, you need to take out the imagination and creative side of it, including in art, and focus on the technical skill. And get that down. Like, right. if we, like, taking stoicism or, like, whatever whatever it is, take the actual te building block techniques and the skills that have nothing subjective by them. It's like, this is objectively the way to do it. And then once you get control of that, you've got that technical piece mastered down, then you, not even just mastered, but, like, you're a good point. Then, at times, you bring back in that creativity. And now you're creating more of an art piece. Now you're living your life better because you've got the technical mastery and you're combining it with that creative intuitive element that you already have in life right it's essentially like training a kid like socializing a kid it's like you kind of got to say hey shut up stop running around and behave and you teach them how to behave obviously that's a fast way of doing it but <laughs> but it's like you teach a kid to behave and then they intr you introduce back in the, okay, now, now that you've got these basic human skills under your belt, start, go back more into To kind of you. try to clean up that metaphor a little bit, it's like, if you gotta, imagine you're a baby, and you can start crawling around, and you're like, whoa, I can move from one place to another, mm -hmm. let me go see the whole world like this, yeah, yeah. right? But instead, you gotta take a moment, you gotta understand that you gotta walk, you gotta run, you gotta jump, you gotta yeah. climb. Yeah. There's a lot of more of the stuff that you're going to need to see the world yeah. beyond getting from point A it's to like point B. By the B. time you can learn to get on a plane and go somewhere yourself, that's when you can start exploring the world. There's a lot of fun in being passionate about, especially with like art. You know, mm -hmm. like when I first started playing guitar, I would hit a string and hear bing, and then be like, oh, I can make a string if I yeah. make the sound of a hit here. And then I get carried away with it. I start, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't have an understanding of scales, I didn't have an understanding of notation. I still don't really, but. Mm -hmm hearing the one sound and then getting carried away with it and then playing with that one sound. Mm -hmm. Well, I've kind of put myself in a corner with what I can and can't do because I never went to try to learn the technical skill. All right, how do you place your hand to make a chord? Yeah. Right? So the passionate, well, the passion was there, but what I needed to do was definitely learn the technical skill. And, you know, I look at uh, a Jackson Pollock painting. People look at that, you know, it's just a bunch of paint splashes and it, I, I quite like them. You know? Oh, really? Yeah, no, I quite like Jackson mm. Pollock's paintings. It just looks like paint splashes, but that guy spent a lot of time perfecting how do you flick paint onto the mm. canvas. Interesting. Right? The way that he would do it is probably beyond something that we understand. Mm. There's hours and hours of work. You know, how many thousand hours of mastery? Is that what it is? 10,000. 10,000 10, hours. hours. Of doing something for mastery. Exactly. Right? Mm. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. But, How many right. seconds is that? <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of uh, stoicism, right, how does that feed into what we were talking about today? Well, it's one of the philosophies that people tend to carry on when they're trying to look at self-improvement, right? Mm -hmm. And definitely, you know, starting a venture, you know, starting a podcast, it takes discipline. Mm -hmm. And people naturally gravitate a lot of times 
a lot of people trying to take on something new and trying to be disciplined in it will gravitate to stoicism because it inherently helps you develop a discipline. You want to be able to endure and persevere if you're trying to learn how to work out every day, mm-hmm. right? If you're trying to learn a new skill to push yourself to sit down and learn it every day. And I would say that, you know, the technical side of things, learning that technical side, there was a lot of that before sitting down here and building this studio and like trying to podcast like this. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of learning how the technical side of this all works. Just like I was talking about earlier, that electromagnetism thing. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. It, if you just think you can snap on a microphone and that you're going to have a great podcast, it's very hard. Very hard to even just, just right now, I had trouble thinking, what am I going to say next? So I stopped and drinking. You, know you know what's interesting about that is I've been thinking a lot about this uh, idea. I, how do I explain this? Exactly, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about right here. Shoot, you got me. Yeah. Um, but essentially, I've been thinking about this idea that Alan Watts talks about. Essentially... To truly do something is to do it without thinking about it. And the quote from him is, he's talking about righteousness. He says, true righteousness doesn't try to be righteous. Righteousness that tries to be righteousness is not true righteousness. Right. And the highest virtue doesn't actually know that it's virtue. Exactly. Yeah. Right. That's a way simpler way of saying it. <laughs> well, I again, we read the same guy. Yeah. 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 But, um... And I think I've been thinking about that in terms of talking conversations with people because it's, yeah, it's like that whole thing of, shoot, what am I going to say now? Dreading that dead space. But instead of that, accepting dead space. And instead of having to think and come up with topics, simply let things flow naturally. And that also depends, I find, on the person I'm with. Like, it's so much easier with you because we do this all the time anyways. Whereas it's like, I'll be talking with, uh, I don't know, my latest coworker, and we get along great. Your but every now and coworker. then, every now and then, yeah. You make every... it sound like an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> We've been going through a lot of coworkers lately. Right. But um, yeah, it's like when talking with him, we get along great, we have a lot in common, and we're talking and talking, and then it just stops, and we're just kind of looking at each other around the room because we don't have any work to do. And then, I've been there. <laughs> like, been... what do we do? What do we do now? I'm sure everybody's been there, yeah. where you just kind of run out of things to talk yeah. about. And yeah. then you're kind of like, okay, what do I say next? And if you force anything, it goes on for two sentences, and it means nothing, and there's no point to it. Right. So it's about it's like finding something even... meaningful to say, too. Exactly. Right? Meaning behind what you say is so important. Because like, why even have a conversation? There's a balance to that, too, because, you know, when you're friends with somebody, you can also have a comfortable silence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so... Going back a little bit to what is this podcast about, because now that we're kind of diving into philosophy and its application, this podcast for me, and what I think a podcast is one of the perfect vehicles to do, is the pursuit of gnosis. Mm. For those who don't know, gnosis is the root word to Gnosticism, right? Gnosis in itself, originally the way that people would portray it, is the seeking the mystery of God in that sense. While I am interested in religion and spirituality, there's something beyond the mere religious aspect to the seeking of Gnosis. It's literally looking for the meaning of life. So when I say I intend for this podcast to seek Gnosis, I think to f- you can find Gnosis in everything where you look. You can find a little bit of that meaning in any direction, right? It's not about religion in that sense that like you're trying to see God in everything you do, right? It's trying to see the source code, the creation of the world and all that stuff. But to find contentness and fulfillment in something is in itself a way of being in tune with that higher meaning, right? One of my favorite writers of all time was Douglas Adams, famous especially for writing a book called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. For those who don't know and haven't read it, you may have heard that joke of like, what is the answer to the meaning of life, the universe, and everything? It's 42. A fun kind of silly little way to explain that we don't really know what that question means, right? That the answer and the question are amorphous. They're so large and so hard to wrap your head around that you yourself are destined to wrap your head around only one tiny, tiny little piece of it, but only you can do that because you're you. Within The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, it's actually not that question and answer thing that had me so interested. It was more so this idea that, well, throughout the book, Some higher beings, very intelligent, kind of like those super smart aliens that we always imagine, 
decide, we want to know once and for all, what is the answer to the meaning of life, the universe, and everything? So in the same way you would build a calculator to tell you what's 2 plus 2, you build this giant supercomputer capable of calculating the most amazing things. And then you ask it, what is the answer to life, the universe, and everything? The computer goes, I'm going to have to think about this. It takes a thousand years performing this calculation, running this whole gigantic algorithm. Spits it out. I got it. It's 42. Obviously, you'd be a little bit upset if you were just told the number <laughs> at the end of all this. So what the computer explains is you don't understand the question itself. In order to understand that question, I'm going to have to build you a bigger computer. <laughs> and that bigger computer is so complex that even parts of it are going to be organic. Parts of it are just going to look like nature. Parts of it will just be connected to different parts of the universe. And I'm going to call that computer the Earth. And that was essentially the big joke behind it is that the universe altogether, all of existence, is part of that big computer to try to figure out what the answer to life, the universe, and everything is. What is the meaning of it all? Well, you and your life are playing out a part of this calculation. You're playing a little part to figuring out what that meaning is. And just like I said before, you are going to get the answer that only you can get by living out your life mm -hmm. to whatever end that is. So when I think about that whole big thing, I was like, well, that's what's behind everything, whether or not we intentionally pursue it. What if I could try to, in the same way that computer said, I'm going to build you a computer to understand everything, I'm going to make you a podcast <laughs> that you will, by slow degrees, come to understand the meaning of life, the universe, and everything. And that is my goal with the Forest Creek podcast and the Forest Creek as a whole. Mm -hmm. Whether we do it by making you laugh, whether we do it by helping you learn something, whether we do it by bringing in a guest on to tell us what their little piece of the answer is, that is all I've ever been interested in. And sometimes that's going to dive into political, and sometimes it's going to dive into religious, and sometimes it's going to be philosophy and culture and so on and so forth. I don't know. Does that sound good? That's the dream. <laughs> <laughs> right. To this end, what are we planning to do with this podcast? That's an honest question. <laughs> that's more about what do you plan to do with this podcast? <laughs> well, I had a couple ideas. Um, one is we don't really know the history of our own country very well. Hmm. So having a podcast kind of series where we can kind of figure that out would be fun. And we happen to know quite a few people who know quite a bit about history. Putting together a short series in the future where we slowly dive into the history of Canada. How did this all come to be? Um, because as far as I understand, it's a lot of meetings. <laughs> all you need to know is the Hudson's Bay Company. Yeah, the Hudson's That's Bay, the evil empire that... Hudson's Bay is Canada. <laughs> Hudson's Bay and Queen Elizabeth. There you go. Some combination of that, <laughs> and then a drunkard named John A. McDonald. <laughs> I think he was the first. That name in high school. Right, that was the first prime minister. Oh, was he? Yes. Oh wow, there you See? go. See, we don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one idea. Um, another idea we've been playing around with in, is a D and D series. Oh yeah, we right. Keep doing that. Um, yeah, we had this idea for a D and D series that we're working on bringing to you called the Turn Up Tavern series. Um, it is difficult to sit down continuously with the same group of people, especially when the regular people that you play with all the time they got their own lives, they've got their own lives, wow. their own ambitions, their own things that they're doing. It's hard to get everyone in the room on a consistent basis, but you can get everyone in a room on occasion, and that's where the Turn Up Tavern comes in. They are one shot adventures based around a tavern, and that's pretty much it. We're planning to run them in some very easy game mode. We've been playing around with D&D 5e quite often, but we're looking at Pathfinder 2. Oh. Right? Dang. That's I'm going to let you experiment with that yeah, first. Yeah, that's we... what I'm going to run the, that future right. game in. Shoot, I need to start planning that again and reading the rules. That's actually one of my favorite things about D&D is that it in itself kind of becomes a model for that, you know, answer machine. Yeah, for, yeah. Yeah, because it's like... Dude, it totally does because it's like characters in the past... It's like whenever I make a character, it's kind of exploring a part of myself. Not even kind of, it is. It's exploring a part of myself. Like when I ran Jewels in your campaign, right. that was where I was really into spiritual stuff, had the experience with God and whatnot. And then that all funneled were, into that character. Who was like a, a young monk trying yeah. to like figure out himself as he's moving on. Yeah. Yeah, we get really into that. I find that um, in a way of saying it, you know, there's a, this, this old hermetic 
a law of the universe that says as above, so below. Mm. And to do so in the imagination, what when you create something like that, an artist, when they are creating a piece of art, for instance, are creating a microcosm of their understanding of something, mm. right? So uh, an artist who decides to sketch a bird that while the bird exists in the macrocosm of the world, that artist is creating a picture of the bird that is a microcosm of their understanding mm. of that. So when I create a, a world in, in, in fiction or for the purpose of playing D&D, I'm creating a microcosm of my understanding of something and trying to bring in elements that will make it fun, mm -hmm. right? Which is the high driver of all of it. We wouldn't be chasing the answer if it wasn't fun, mm -hmm. right? But there's a little bit of a high, an aha, <laughs> whenever we kind of stumble onto something and it clicks. Yeah. And that tends to happen whenever we play the games a lot. And I'm not sure if we'll be able to bring that through as much in a one-shot campaign series. But, I mean, we could have recurring characters. But I bet it will be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another thing we have planned. In the future, we'd like to bring on guests with interesting things to talk about. Uh, some people I have, I'm interested in chasing down. We'd like to, in, at this point, because we're still very new, you, the listener, have a unique relationship with us here at the Forest Creek. If there's only 11 of you listening and you say something, I'm going to hear it. <laughs> I'm going to hear it and I'm probably going to respond. And if you would like to come on the show, we can arrange. You know, if you've got something interesting you want to talk about, we can do that. Um, in the past, when we've had the political discussions, you know, the first thing I heard was somebody else trying to call us back and get us to come over and so that we can get <laughs> their side of an argument or something, mm. which is, I'm sure... Did you be... actually get a response like that? Yeah. So <laughs> when we sat down with Kyle, um, at, I think it was episode five, mm. uh, Mostly Peaceful Podcasting, when um, we had Kyle basically explain to us what's going on with this Canadian trucker protest. Mm -hmm. That was a while ago. Right afterwards, Kyle's roommate, Glenn, housemate, I should say, mm -hmm. uh, wanted to call us back to do another podcast where he gets to unload his side oh, of everything. Oh, man, that's so good. Um, so maybe we'll do that. That would be fun. we going to have the Glenn cast. The Glenn cast. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, we'd love to cover you know other topics of interest, even pop culture and entertainment. Recently, Stranger Things Season 4. Has just dropped, Ooh. and so that's why it showed up on my Netflix. The Obi Wan Kenobi uh, Disney series Fancy. is also up, which I'm really glad they're bringing back Ewan McGregor. Yeah, I'll he know. was a really good Obi Wan. That was like our childhood, right? So our other big topic for today, we were talking a little bit about side hustles, like this podcast, right? Uh, well, we're not making any money. I've lost a lot of money on this so far. <laughs> no, 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 you've invested. I've a invested. Lot of money. <laughs> On something that has had zero return. Hey, hey man. One day. The, you know what? Here's the thing. This is the return. Boom. Me sitting down here and talking to you like this and doing this and, you know, putting it up there and maybe somebody hears it and then comes back to me later. That's the return. Boom. I'm happy. If I make money on this, which I intend to, <laughs> that's a positive too. Wow. Failed but, artist. <laughs> failed artist. Sell out. <laughs> Right. You make um, money from something, you're a bad person. Aside from being uh, your captain and CEO here at the Forest Creek. You're my captain? Yeah. You're captain, my This is a pirate ship. <laughs> um, aside from that, I also work a full-time job, and I also work a part-time job. You work a part-time job? Yeah. Oh, is that the teaching gig? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I work in marketing. Yeah. Which is its own fun world, because... I never really saw myself in marketing until I started, you know, thinking, okay, well, I guess my skills are applicable here, so I'll try to pursue jobs here. And the more and more I do of it, the more interesting it actually turns out to be. Mm. And learning about business and learning the ins and outs of, like, how to put together a brand and how to create content for that brand and then getting on that Gary V grind, like, marketing is queen, but content is king, you know, that kind of <laughs> deal. It's interesting stuff. And also being around like real legitimate business people mm -hmm. and learning the way that they deal with and react to stuff. Yeah. Or respond to stuff. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> ah, a lot of times they react. They react too. <laughs> but then at the same time, despite being involved in such serious business, also being authentic and being themselves mm -hmm. at it. Um, and then, you know, this thing that a lot of people say about, because I work in real estate marketing, the thing that constantly people say about it is that it's a people-first business. And it really is, right? All business is supposed to be people-first. Because 
it's built on making a deal or having an understanding with the person across from you. Mm -hmm. Whether you're trying to sell them a car or a house or a sponge or some terrible foam padding for the wall. <laughs> hey, maybe I think the foam padding's good. I think it's the tape we bought. It's the tape. <laughs> but learning about business and all that stuff is really interesting. And then the other side to that, and why we wanted to talk a little bit about side hustles, is that nowadays people are finding more and more that their regular nine to five is not cutting it. Mm. It's not helping them, helping them achieve their dreams, or helping them build their portfolios, or helping them get enough money to make ends meet, to invest, to try to work towards something bigger and I better. Mean, even practically, it's a good idea to have multiple sources of income, because at any moment, you could get fired. You're your company could go under. Right. Any number of things could happen that your single source of income is no longer there. Absolutely. So having a backup, even if it's like not consistent, not as good, a not enough for month to month, if, you, if you've been able to build up savings through that, that can help with your month to month. And right. then you've got this while you're looking for another main job. If you've got one, two, three side sources of income, I don't know, I don't know about more than one, that'd be freaking insane, depending on what they are. But it's like, I was watching this one video and this guy mentioned that uh, like one source of income is making teaching videos and putting them up on whatever website. Right. And those are there forever and they are a passive source of income. Whenever people watch them, whatever happens, like if people, if you set up a YouTube channel and you're 100K, 200K uh, subs or whatever and you right. get a bunch of view, views every video, that's some passive income. Those videos, they're up there, they're always going to make money. It, it's not like it just runs out at some point. I do want to add one little pin here is yeah. that a lot of times when people talk about the side hustle and especially in terms of content creation on the internet, whether it's making videos or writing articles or any of this mm. stuff, you don't have to do that. That doesn't have to be the side yeah, hustle. Yeah. It That's can be a couple of shifts at the grocery store. Exactly. You can be a shoe shine. Yeah. It, you know, there is a I lot know of one person that's like, they've got a full time Monday to Friday job and they started working at Walmart on the weekends just because it's good extra income. Right. Yeah. It's not about using the internet to make the money. The internet is a tool that can help you make the money, but the person who's going to make the money is you. Yeah. Right? Uh, get after it. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, aside from the motivational stuff, I mean, for me, I do my regular job marketing. I do my other second job. I like to teach English. It's actually, it's enjoyable to me, and for me, that's just pocket money. And then this, the Forest Creek, you know, another thing that we're planning on doing is opening up not just for the purposes of creating entertaining content for you, whether it be videos or films or this podcast or even writing these articles. Another thing that I would like to do with the Forest Creek is start opening up for content production. There's a lot of businesses out there that need some content, mm -hmm. whether it is articles or videos or podcasts. Dude, even just renting out this little studio space. Yes, Boom. sir. Right? If you are looking to expand your business and are interested in creating some content, get in touch with us at The Forest Creek, whether it's on Instagram, Twitter, or theforestcreek at gmail.com. And I personally will be in touch to see what we can do for you. Uh, we are actually working right now on developing a professional website where you can then inquire and learn more about what we can do for you. What do you do, Jared? I'm currently an online editor. What does that mean? Making websites? No. Because <laughs> that's <laughs> what be that hilarious. sounds like. Yeah, I know, right? It's like online. It's just the difference between online and offline film. So offline editing is when the editor actually builds the movie mm -hmm. and creates it, makes the edit. They make the cut. But they do that using proxies. So let's say they shot it in red footage that's at like 4K, 6K, 8K, whatever. The assistant editor at that place will create, they'll render out like HD proxies from this footage. So there's technically two versions of the source footage. You got the original high-res, heavy-duty footage with all the metadata and everything. And then you have an HD proxy that's garbage that doesn't have metadata. Because you don't need that metadata for editing. Right. You're just grabbing this stuff, putting it, up, putting it on the timeline. They build their thing. That's offline editing. It's offline because it's using the proxy files. My job is an online editor. I get the original footage, and we get various files that um, help the software I use rebuild the timeline. And essentially, we reconnect the timeline and the movie itself to the original footage. 
Right. So that now it's in the 5K, 6K, 8K, whatever, the pleasing look at thing. And then we set up that timeline for the colorist and we pass it over to the colorist and then they color. Right. You're one part of the big movie making Yeah, machine. yeah. We're in the finishing process. We're in the end. The but movie you... is actually like, it's edited at that point. At least it should be. But there's always edit changes because nothing is ever final. <laughs> <laughs> and then you take these skills on your own time into the side hustles currently not but no that is well currently yes plan. you are our editor here at the forest creek Am I? Uh, in fact an award-winning one from our latest film <laughs> yeah we made a festival film what do we call it i think yeah overtime not briefception yeah i, I think know, we right? ended up calling it briefception really, no you called it overtime damn it yeah because that's what it says on my little well that's that what we won an award for still has but i do believe we uploaded it under the name briefception oh, we did we it did. is up on our youtube channel at the forest creek <laughs> on youtube yeah that's right oh with the final color and vfx with the final now. colored and all the vfx and my acting that i almost won an award for apparently yeah, yeah. <laughs> do we get nominated for best actor we did. Nice. I didn't win. We got a lot of nominations. Yeah, the only one. I, I'm the only one that won. I feel like there was only five <laughs> people entered, so everybody yeah. probably got nominated for everything. Yeah, right? AD said there was a lot of other people that their movies just yeah. sucked. AD is our lead director when it comes to these film projects and other video projects. Uh, so He's so interesting to work with because it's like he's really good at what he does, but he right. just doesn't inform you at all about what he's doing. He's always been <laughs> like that. In this, it's very interesting getting to learn everybody's kind of understanding of how we work together and yeah. all that stuff. Because I've worked with some of you guys since high school, mm -hmm. and we still have things to work around and learn, <laughs> especially because uh, on that team in specific, you and Josh went pro. Went pro. You went professional in terms of like taking your yeah, parts. And yeah. then you're coming to us after this, you know, working in like a professional pipeline yeah. as part of these giant projects. And then me and AD are still off of our guerrilla movie yeah, making. Yeah, kinda. yeah, I'm like, all right. Pop into the edit, pop in the edit, send me an EDL, pop that over, and I'm just like, what is an EDL? What is any of that, right? <laughs> yeah, um, but, you know, these, you know, working on a team, learning to communicate, learning to establish a plan, and mm -hmm. then, you know, making sure everybody understands each other and gives each other enough space, but also enough support. These are a lot of the things that I learn, you know, when I'm working in for everywhere, from the marketing jobs to even just teaching to doing our projects together. And it's a lot of fun to be in these learning experiences. Yeah. 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 It was so interesting doing that, like bringing that professional workflow that I have into that project and being the head of it because it was suddenly, oh, hey, this is, I'm actually experienced in this. I'm not just following directions or doing things because I get paid to. Right. It was like, oh, I'm actually using the skills I've learned and acquired into a side project that's really fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. You know, there was a, some issues with the framework that it felt like it was more stressful than fun at sometimes. It, yeah. <laughs> and uh, let me explain to people a little bit. That film that we made, uh, which I will call Briefception. Oh, yeah. That's the actual name. The festival rules that we applied to join and to make it with is a 48-hour film festival where they give you a theme, a prop, and a line. And then you are given 48 hours to create and complete a film and then submit it. Mm -hmm. uh, we managed to do so just ahead, but we also had our complications that ended up with some technical issues, and yeah. that's kind of why we ended up putting it up on the YouTube late so that you had time to fix it up. Yeah, but yeah. In any case, we definitely well. learned a lot, and then next year we get to come back with a vengeance. <laughs> Jeez, man, I got five hours of sleep that whole weekend. <laughs> you got um, No, I'm kidding. I got some pretty good sleep. I yeah, did, I did everybody a, slept with me on the on that editing night. <laughs> I did. And I was the editor, so obviously. I did a couple of three-hour cycles, just yeah. sporadically. And I it was, was literally that first night we all came up with the idea, and then we're like, "All right, let's let's sleep." So we slept for five hours, <laughs> and that was all the sleep that I got that whole weekend. Not a good idea no, to sleep idea. first. Yeah, we should have hit the ground running. Yeah, I don't know if it would have changed anything, man. Because it's like we didn't. We didn't find out we were going to have that office space until like That's definitely, uh, we, we, we should talk more about this when we get the whole crew together. We'll yeah, get that's <laughs> I don't know, there might be some sore stuff still. <laughs> We've joked around that we will do an Alex Joms podcast, <laughs> where we kind of go into who is this elusive and interesting figure. I don't want to get political about it, so I'm gonna, I just want to be fun. I don't want to get political about Alex Jones. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, he's a politically polarizing figure. 
But at the same time, that's the thing about conspiracy theories. Yeah, an info an info war. (laughs) (laughs) The thing about conspiracy theories in general is that they're fun, Mm. right? And they're interesting. And then every once in a while they get political. In fact, they all kind of have a political bend to them in some way, especially if you're like even if you're flat earth. Right. (laughs) But here's the I'm I wonder if people sit around thinking who's a flat earth Republican or who's a flat earth Democrat. Do those two things exist? I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Probably. Conspiracy theories are on every side of the political spectrum. The president comes on TV tomorrow. He's like, listen, some very close people have been telling me the earth may not have as round shape as we once thought. (laughs) There is an ice wall. Not regular impressions. I just got off the phone with Vladimir Putin, and I was trying to convince him. That the Earth is not as round. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be amazing. All that. Um, yeah, I also, man. The... I, I just want to say I love the flat Earth theory, specifically the ice wall, <laughs> the edge of the Earth. There's a giant Game of Thrones esque ice wall, along, like around the whole ring, and not only is it just there. But it works like Mario, like 2D Mario, where if you hit one end of it, you come out the other end. Do you have to go through the ice? I don't know. That's the thing that I'm always, you know, when somebody tells me they believe something, there are so many different ways to believe the same thing. Mm. Just like uh, I was talking to an LGBT activist the other day, and even she was telling me that she doesn't believe all the colors of the rainbow. Well, it's the thing is like, you got to... Give them the space to be like, they update their flag every three months. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and how can everybody 100% of the time be on board 100% of the time? Mm. And if you're not, does that mean you're no longer included? Yeah. But isn't the whole point to include everybody? It's like, that, and that's just one example. Even when it comes to flat earth, do all of them think the ice wall is real? Or do some of them think it's like on the back of a turtle? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like we never really come down to it. It's, 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 I'm sure even the people in QAnon argue with each other. Mm-hmm. Right, even though they're all wrong, apparently. <laughs> that documentary came out a while ago, kind of like yeah, I never watched that. Um, My coworker really was like, "You've got to watch this; it's so good." Well, it seems like it's old news now. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to the next conspiracy theory. We have a lot of very interesting things we want to talk about, but of course, we would like to hear what you, the listener, would like to hear us talk about. Mm. Or what you would like to talk about. Like I said, you have a very close, intimate, exclusive relationship with us here as one of our original Forest Creek listeners. On Instagram, at the Forest Creek. On YouTube, the Forest Creek is our channel. Uh, on Twitter, at the Forest Creek. Our website is www.theforestcreekweb.com. Like I said, we have a very professional one coming soon. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you're always welcome to do so either through social media or at our email, theforestcreek at gmail.com. More exciting stuff coming soon. We'll keep plugging away at it. Like I said, new studio, new episode, new energy, new day. Have a wonderful one, and we'll see you next time. Jared's Let's start to continue. Let's start to grow your hair. New game. <laughs> Slot one. Medium difficulty. Press A to jump. <laughs>